Welcome back to Tumor Board with Hilario and Anish. This is your co-host Anish. And this is Hilario. So this is uh, the second part of uh, our conversation that we're having with uh, Rebecca and Allison. Uh, Rebecca is will, uh, is a medical resident uh, at Fox Chase. She's one of our co-residents. Co and then Allison is my wife. And, you know, in our first part of our conversation, we were kind of talking about, you know, what our relationship looked like in medical school and some of the things that went into, you know, deciding, you know, what the people that were, were, were appropriate for us and, you know, uh, all that, you know, led, led to that. So, um, you know, at this point in our conversation, right, we, we, we this person that we're talking to, um, or this person that we're dating um, is, uh, you know, we've made a decision that this person is who we want to spend, you know, at least our, the rest of our lives with. And, and so we have to kind of make a decision because it's not so much just dating now, right? So we have to make every decision we make regarding our career is going to really affect this other person. So uh, just just to kind of like, you know, maybe start it from where, when we're doing match, right? And like, you know, match is a, very, a pretty big deal for medical students. And so, you know, maybe Rebecca, you can start uh, about the match process and, your application and leading up to the, the day of March, what kind of like thoughts and, you know, anxieties and, and decisions went into all, all your, all, all the things that you did. Yeah. So, I mean, match is a very, very stressful uh, time um, for everyone, I think. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I obviously chose radiation oncology and Will chose interventional radiology, which are, um, not big fields, not necessarily easy to match in, certainly fields that don't allow you to be very picky about where you are geographically, uh, which, you know, added a lot to the stress because we both really wanted to stay local. I, I certainly did, and Will was happy to be, um, you know, close to home as well. So, um, it was a very stressful time um, for a number of reasons. You know, in, in Radonk, there aren't that many programs and they're spread out throughout the country. So mm -hmm. we had to continuously, you know, we had to wait uh, to see where I was getting interviews so that Will could piggyback and, you know, email Texas and say, hey, my... <laughs> um, I guess we were girlfriend and boyfriend at that time still, but, um, you know, my girlfriend is, is, uh, interviewing here. Can you please extend an interview to me as well? So, um, that whole process was, um, was pretty terrible, you know, again, cause we also wanted to stay, um, in the area, but we were interviewing all over the country. So, um, it was stressful and also a huge, Felt like a huge waste of money, uh, extremely mm -hmm. expensive. Mm -hmm. And then coming together and putting together a rank list, you know, I had heard stories um, from many couples that found that to be extremely challenging um, and <coughs> um, deal breakers, actually, um, for a lot of people. Oh, wow. I think, um, yeah, because you really are forced to submit a list where you say, you know, this is my first choice. Um, are you willing to make a sacrifice for your first or second choice? 
and that's very that can be very very hard um especially you know for us the way it worked out was i believe he might have had more interviews um in the philadelphia area but i had so our location preference was philadelphia first and then new york but i had a lot more in new york than he did um so you know, we had to make the decision of, you know, essentially his one New York program with my five. And then you skip to whatever, South Carolina after that. So essentially, you know, it's 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 hard because you're basically saying if you can't match in that one New York program, then I forego, you know, all five of these that I that I liked more than whatever South Carolina. Um but I think we, we, the key always 100%, I think with any relationship is communication, um, mm-hmm. so, you know, coming before that whole process, um, you know, realizing that we both needed to make sacrifices. We both need to communicate about, you know, what was really important to us, um, and what we were willing to sacrifice, um, was, crucial. So I, I think, you know, it was stressful, but we communicated well through it. Um, you know, we were sick to our stomachs, of course, but, <laughs> uh, we survived it. So, and it worked out luckily, yeah. obviously both ended up in the Philadelphia area. So this was really a true test of your relationship. I mean, you, you said really wonderful things about your relationship and, you know, William and all that. And then, you know, fast forward a few months, you have to, decide whether you can forego your top choice if if William doesn't match in that area, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's a it's it's definitely a, a huge sacrifice and I think um you know just just who I am uh, as a person, I think, you know, I'm always I, I value people um <laughs> the most um and the relationships in my life. So certainly, you know with my family um, and, you know, the person I'm planning on marrying. So, you know, going in with that uh, mindset um, was helpful. You know, it didn't make it easy, but, um, you know, it's just something that, that we were both very willing to accept. So, you know, again, it's, it's not that we didn't, take deep breaths and sighs as we were putting our list together um, and express that certain things were painful. But at the end of the day, you know, we didn't resent each other for the rank list we submitted. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's very good to hear. But, uh, you know, that's something important for medical students to really think about. Um, You know, it is probably important to define your relationship, you know, a few months before 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 you get to this match process because you don't want to be dealing with a relationship breakup while you're also figuring out your match. I feel like that would just add to the stress. So it, it, it's probably important to kind of talk about your relationship very intentionally, you know, and, and before before you get into the match process. Uh, I mean, and that's just my, my two cents on that. Um, so what about you, Allison? Um, I mean, I was going through the match process, but I, I feel like, you know, a lot of my decisions also kind of was hinged on what you also wanted out of our relationship. It wasn't just me making 
a decision about my, you know, about my career, and then you kind of like going along because you were also, you know, doing your PhD program, right? You you're about to start your PhD program, yeah. So, uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Right. Yeah. So ours is a little bit different because we were already married at that point, um, and we almost have gone through not, you know. Getting into graduate school is not a match process. It's there. It's much more similar to undergraduate, where you go to your interviews, and then as students accept or reject offers from their top schools, those schools then move down the list and give it to the next set of students. So when um, when we were engaged was when I was going through the interview process and and getting accepted to graduate school. So we had already had to make some sacrifices there because there were schools that I had gotten accepted to that were not in the Philadelphia area to that would have required me to have moved, um, even if they were just you know one or two states over. I would have had to have lived uh, on campus for at least a year to to be able to attend those schools. And so I had to let a couple of um, acceptances go by in order to be able to make that commitment. So we had already had that experience of somebody having to make some career decisions based on the other person's availability. If the match process was different in that Hilario had so much less control than I did. I had the option not to go to graduate school that year and just get a job and take one more year. And that's not really uh, something that sounds like an option to medical students. It's very much that this is your match day and it's kind of sold as like your wedding day. It's now or never. It's now or never, never. yeah. (laughs) Um, And whereas my, I could email my schools and say, especially to the Philadelphia schools, like you are where I want to be. There's other reasons why. Could you extend an offer sooner rather than later and get an email back from an individual person? There's so many rules around that where you're not really supposed to talk about this kind of stuff. And uh, it seems very, um, it, it just is a very different process than any other job or any other school application. So it just, it felt very much like we have to play a game where Hilario has to rank schools that, you know, maybe he didn't feel were going to be places that he wanted to be or he was going to succeed at higher than places that he wanted to be at because they were in the Philadelphia area. And and then that would be it. That would be the decision for five years or for all of his training. So that just felt very much like the biggest hurdle was kind of giving up that control of there's a lot of other factors here other than just what's best for us as a couple. Yeah, I mean, that that certainly was a, a very stressful time for me as well. And that feeling of it's now or never, I mean, that that is, you know, looking back now, it, that's not true. So there, there's some of you for a variety of reasons that cannot match in the year that you're in. Um, that is not the end of the world. Uh, there, there are many other avenues, there are many other options that are available for people. So 
we certainly do not want to say that you have to match the year that you're, you're graduating next school and other stuff because we know that life happens and there are other things that people people have to deal with. So, uh, but looking back, that's kind of the mentality that we're all in, and uh, you know, the pressure that you know, is put on us and we put on ourselves. And some of it is good, some of it is also not necessarily healthy. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, um, you know, have that disclaimer in, in there for, for you guys listening. Uh, Ali, um, you were already in your PhD program, yeah. right, during this process. Um, so obviously, you know, it's so important for Hilary, like you mentioned, to find a program in that area. How did you two kind of cope with that stress? Because like you said, I mean, it, it's at some degree totally out of everyone's control where you kind of land up. I think part of how we coped was just channeling some of that energy into house searching because if Hilario matched in Philadelphia, we didn't want to waste much time, you know, getting settled, getting a place. And, you know, this was 2017. No, sorry, 2019. So pre-COVID, the Philadelphia housing market was just such a nice place to be for a buyer that mm. didn't feel very wise to like let that opportunity to go by. So I think part of it was that we added more stress because there wasn't <laughs> anything else. It, it, it just felt like there wasn't a lot in the, in our control, especially because I'm a little foggy as to how long between when he submitted his rank list and when match day was, but it was a couple of weeks. It might've been a couple of months and you can't do yeah. anything. It was between September to February, you know, so you submit your application in September, you do interviews, maybe start in November, yeah. and then by February, everything is ready and you match <laughs> in March. You know, like, it's such a crazy five Stressful months. Stressful time. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say that part of the ways that we coped uh, was that we watched a lot of Chip and Jojo, right? Uh, uh, yes. Joanna Gaines <laughs> and, and Chip, like they have the, what's the show name again that they have? Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper. So part of that was that, you know, we, we were obviously like hoping that we'll match in Philadelphia and then be able to get a place here that, uh, because the market was good and it makes sense you know, at that point for us. So we watch a lot of that and then go to random open houses to just kind of like look at what we might like, you know, and and try and like have a house that we like on standby. I think, would you say that? I, because I feel like we did quite a bit of that and I got to know a lot about like, you know, uh, ship lap and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ship lap especially, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, like specifically the anxiety around what do I do if Hilario matches somewhere not in Philadelphia because mm -hmm. I had not, um, I had not met, I had met, you know, the first couple of standards of the PhD program, but I was at a turning point at the end of my second year where that third year was all about, you know, getting candidacy to actually be a PhD defender in a couple of years. So that year was a make or break year and it wouldn't really make sense to um, to start putting all that effort in 
to that candidacy if we were going to have to move and or if we were going to have to do long distance and try to do something weird like that. So rather than trying to think through all of those what ifs, because again, like I said, there's such a lack of control, it felt very good to focus on what we could control, which was what kind of, you know, what color paint do you like? And would you rather an open or closed stairwell? You know, that kind of thing just felt <laughs> good to like get your mind off of the things that were really out of our hands at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rebecca, on the medical side, can you tell us a little bit about why you paid Radonk? Because Alicia and I kind of went through an episode where we talked about our reasons for medicine and Radonk and all that kind of stuff. But um, why did you pick Radonk? And do you feel like the decision to pick Radonk particularly had anything to do with how you wanted your life with William to be like? So I actually, I found out about radiation very late um, in the middle of my third year. And I actually have Will a little bit to thank for this. I, I think it's both of them, mm-hmm. actually. There was a, a fair um, or whatever, the career fairs at um, mm-hmm. Temple. And, you know, they sent out a list of all the specialties that were going to be there. And radiation oncology was on the list and I'd never heard of radiation oncology. Um, I looked it up and I told Will that it seemed like something that might interest him. So he should go and check it out. Uh, Because neither of us were 100% sure what we wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. and he ended up meeting the program director at the time, which is Josh Meyer, wonderful Josh Meyer. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, Will went and he was like, I actually think you would like this field. <laughs> That's so, so adorable. Yeah. So he, um, got Josh's contact information and, you know, I continued to read about it and I was like, I, you know, I see I see, um, you know, a lot of things that seem to, to appeal to me here. So I did reach out to Josh and that's ultimately how I ended up getting into Radonk. Um, but what I would say is because I was undecided at that point and I was looking for something, um, that happened to be very, you know, very in line with radiation. Um, I started the year off, I, I just went through the, almost all of my clerkships and enjoyed, um, bits and pieces of all of them, but none of them, um, seemed like they could spare me of burnout. (laughs) So, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, Gynonk actually, that was my first rotation, OBGYN. I liked, I really liked, um, the relationship the oncologists established with their patients, um, and how specialized they were. Um, that stuck with me. You know, I loved, I really enjoyed psychiatry, actually. You know, you really get to spend a lot of time getting to know your patients there. Um, you know, I went through all, most of my rotations in medicine, and there were aspects that I really enjoyed about medicine. Um, and I think the second field that I liked the most actually was surgery. I liked, I really liked um, doing something, a procedure, um, following something through in a, in a short period of time um and uh doing it intensely um and i really enjoyed the anatomical aspects of surgery as well so 
Um, I think just combining all of my interests um, and, you know, the fact that, again, you're, you're essentially giving an intervention, you're following your patients very closely when you do, um, you're working with a multidisciplinary team, you're extremely specialized. Um, it was just by far, you know, the field that made the most sense for me. Um, so I found it very late, um, but ultimately glad that I did. Did you ask me the part? We all... Yeah, I, I think the second part, uh, yes, I think the second part of the, of the question was that the, was that decision, like, you know, to go into Radon made in part on, on how you wanted your life to be? Like, was work-life balance a thing that factored into, you know, that decision as well? Oh, uh, definitely. Um, I don't think I realized until going into residency how much um, it is important, though, because <laughs> I <laughs> I was deciding at some point between surgery and radiation. I wasn't actually though, um, if I'm being honest, it's just radiation. My rotation was last, you know, as you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. basically your first rotation as a fourth year. So if I, for some reason hated it, which I was not anticipating, um, I was, um, had my schedule lined up for surgery, but uh, luckily I liked it just as much as I thought I would. So, um, it definitely had a say, um, but again, I don't think you realize how, you know, Will went into a surgery intern year. Um, so you don't realize, and now he's doing interventional radiology. I don't think you realize how much work-life balance is important until you have it taken away. So, um, Especially, you know, as you get older and in residency and you have a family, um, you know, not working nights, not having to sleep in the hospital, um, not being expected to go in long hours over the weekend. Those things are just, it just invaluable. So, um, again, it, it went into play, but really not as much as it probably should have. But ultimately, luckily, the outcome was good. <laughs> I remember because a lot of your uh, your trajectory about what you wanted to do kind of aligned with mine. Because I remember meeting you around the same stage you were <laughs> in, and saying, "Hey, yeah, I kind of like Sergio a little bit, but not really. You know, uh, I kind of mm -hmm. like this a little bit, but not really." And <laughs> I I read about Radon, and I think it might actually be good for me, but I don't know anything about Radon. You know, and so. It was good meeting. I think, I, was it Dandelion? That's where I probably met you. Uh, one of the re restaurants in the city, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then we talked about it. It's like, and then you were kind of telling me about all the great things that you like about Rad. <laughs> I was like, okay, wow. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm like in the same boat as her. So maybe, maybe I should, I should take, take a, take a stab at it. Um, but yeah, that, that's, 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 that's a, a good recap on it. Um, and it's when you were deciding on match, you weren't dating at that time. Is, is that correct? That is correct. I was not okay. dating anyone at that time. Okay. So you I, could go anywhere you wanted, right? Is that, is that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could go anywhere. I, I mean, I will say that, um, though this is not an intimate 
you know, for relation to the partner, I, I do think in general, the match process really forces you to think about what is actually really important to you. And obviously, mm-hmm. like Rebecca, you alluded to um, a lot when you were going through the process, like you really have to prioritize that relationship um, with Will. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I will say I, I took a gap year. And so when my original cohort was going through the match, I, I went to match day just to kind of support my my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and being an observer, it was a really interesting experience. Um, everyone else obviously very emotional, like all the students. Um, mm-hmm. I was, you know, happy, excited for my friends. Um, but I also know that when the match, you know, results were released, there was a lot of excitement. Some people were really, you know, loud about their excitement. And other people, you know, were very sad and uh, crying. And, you know, I know there was a couple couples who they unfortunately did not match. Um, you know, they made couples match, but they didn't, for whatever reason, didn't land up um, where they wanted to do. I, I know of a couple who ended up not couples matching and they ended up really far away places and it's just kind of the realization that their relationship is over you know really hit them so it's it's a real it's definitely a real stressful time and I, I sympathize with um with people going through that yeah i think one of the big things about this even if you're single right in a i think the big thing that our dean was having on was that you have to have a plan B and you have to talk to the people that are important to you about what ifs, right? And when people are talking about something that you haven't been through, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But it just became so crystal clear when I was like stressing out about what I would do, what my, my plan B was. So, you know, I started like looking up you know, what else is closer to Philadelphia, right? What else is uh, um, easy for me to fly from, right, uh, to Philadelphia? If, if my wife has to be in Philadelphia and I have to be, you know, in Minnesota or something like that, like, you know, all of that kind of stuff just kind of really rushes in, <laughs> you know, in, in one sitting and you just realize, oh, man, it could go, like, from one extreme to the other, you know? Um, do you guys, Rebecca, do you remember match day? Uh, Allison, do you remember match day? Um, what was the emotions going into match day? Yeah. I certainly do. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a video of it, unfortunately, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> luckily again, it was ha- happy. It was a happy ending, but Will, I would say was ballsy and, and video recorded me opening my envelope. Um, I actually oh, wow. go to Temple on uh, match day. I went to Penn because that's where my sister was. Um, mm-hmm. So me, my sister, and Will were all at Penn. I um, I knew how Temple did it, um, which is, mm-hmm. as you guys know, because I know you went to Temple's match day, um, mm-hmm. where they give you the envelope and it's like the New Year's Eve countdown. And that, to me, mm-hmm. was um an extremely stressful thought because um you know as someone who witnessed it for you know a few years not everyone is happy so you know the whole balloon drop and all that stuff it just wasn't for me um 
just because again, you know, you see half of the people are screaming because they're happy and half the people are screaming because they're sad and they're crying and they're running yeah. away. Um, Penn did it a little bit differently. So they called people up and gave you the envelope and you could just leave um, or just go to your own little corner and no one's looking at you. No one's, um, everyone's doing their own thing. Um, so I preferred that, which is why I actually ended up going there. Um, but I was, I was certainly, my heart was in my mouth. So it was, it was very, very stressful. So did you get a letter from Temple and then have them send it to Penn or did, how, how did that happen? Because I know that people that move to places like, you know, to get to do their match and somehow they get their letters there. So how did that happen? You just, you just request it from your med school. They can send it anywhere. So I would just okay. say, can you send mine to Penn? And they did. So, um, gotcha. yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be at your specific med school. Mm-hmm. So both of you were in some ways like, um, you know, Hilario geographically restricted and you were couples matching. Um, how, what can you tell, you know, current students on maybe kind of how to get that edge in the match process? Rebecca, you mentioned like Will would send emails two programs when you got in somewhere were they receptive to that and hilario um did you maybe email programs and tell them like hey my significant other is doing a graduate program in philadelphia what you know what would you say to um current students um so i would say that certainly it does not hurt to reach out um I would say that it's actually necessary. So if you're very interested in a program um, or you don't get an interview um, at a place you really want, you, you absolutely should contact that program yourself. And if you are mm-hmm. if you have someone that can contact the program on your behalf, that's even better. Um, so, you know, my mentor, um, uh, I spoke to, um, and let him know that I wanted certain, I wanted to interview at certain places and hadn't gotten an interview. Um, and he reached out on my behalf and it actually works. So I would say, I mean, if, especially if you're in radiation oncology, it's a small field, connections matter, um, people know each other. So certainly mm. any sort of personal contact is extremely important. Um, so, you know, especially if you're, if you can do an away rotation in a place you really want to, and your personality is okay <laughs> and your heart, <laughs> then you absolutely should. And, and again, you know, yeah, it's even if, even in programs I wasn't really interested in, and unfortunately I had to reach out to and expressed a lot of interest because of the match process, um, situation with Will, but, um, I think, Still, you know, those programs know that, you know, they know that even though you may not be very interested in a program, your spouse might be. So really take it seriously. Um, and it's certainly for us, I would say that every, I think every program we reached out to um, uh, did extend an interview um, based on the fact that we were couples matching. Oh, very cool. Applying the radar uh, PDs were very um, 
very loud about the fact that they wanted to take the game out of the match or, or whatever. Was that the thing? They take the game out of the match. So, like, if you had intentions, you know, just you know, just speak up and be frank with them. So, to be frank with you, my personal statement had my reasons why, like, the ones that were to schools that were like special in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area. I specifically said, you know, this is another reason why I want your program. Is <laughs> my wife is here and I want to stay here. And, you know, please give me an interview kind of thing. Right. Um, so I, I, I was very straightforward. Uh, when I mm-hmm. met, um, when I met uh, in a program, uh, PDs, you know, or when I interviewed in places where I thought was part of my game plan, I did not like, you know, try and like be coy about, you know, what I was looking for and what how I wanted to match in this area. So I just, you know, said, yeah, you know, I like this program. I think I'm going to get a good, you know, you don't, obviously the first thing that you say about the program isn't that, yeah, I want to stay in, in the city here. So, and then everything else comes after that. I, you know, I did tell them why, you know, from a, from a training perspective, you know, the program would be good for me. But just immediately after I finished that training would be good for me, I came in with, this is my social situation and I really want to be, be in this area. Fortunately, I got interviews from all the ones that mattered to me. I might have sent one request to a program that was nearby um, to, to give me an interview. So I did get a reply from them and then they gave me a date that was the same date as another more important uh, place that I wanted to go. Uh, and I was like, okay, actually I can make it. <laughs> uh, so uh, so that that happened. But yeah, it, it is like, you know, you it's your future and, you know, however much you put in it, it's probably what you would get out of it. So, you know, whatever you want to, say to this program yeah definitely definitely do that um so i want to circle back so allison can you tell me your experience of match day um because uh you know that was crazy for you and there's a whole picture on temple temple 2020 2019 like match like is there a website or whatever social media of us right like hugging or whatever and like anyway yes yes i uh I went from two feet on the ground to no feet on the ground in a split second once you opened your envelope because you were so happy. And uh, it was great. Um, But I think other than, I think you were very blessed to match at Fox Chase, which was your first choice. If you had not matched there, I think everywhere else would have been a little bit of mixed feelings because either you had matched somewhere in Philadelphia, which would have been great for us, but maybe wouldn't have been the the situation where you clicked the best, either either with the training or with the people there. There was always something that was just a little bit not at expectations of like what you wanted for yourself in those mm-hmm. different programs, um, just personally personally for you, um, not to say anything about those programs themselves. But mm-hmm. and then on the flip side if you had matched in other programs that were not in Philadelphia where you did have a great experience and you would have had really great training, that would have been amazing for you. And that would have been really challenging for us as a, as a unit. So I think there wasn't any other thing that could have been 
why you picked me up. Every other option would have been a conversation and a moment of like, yeah. you know, we have to like yeah. talk ourselves mm-hmm. through this of this is good enough. This is, you know, you matched. We have mm-hmm. security for that couple of years, but there were going to be things that either you or I or both of us were going to have to manage if you hadn't matched at Fox Chase. So it was, yeah. it, it was, I remember, um, again, because I was at, like I said in the last episode, I was at the, the medical school so much. And I also had other friends who um, had gotten accepted to Temple from mm-hmm. my undergraduate class. So when mm-hmm. when I was a senior in undergrad, a bunch of my friends from undergraduate came to Mass Day because they were going to go to Temple the following year and wanted to see what the process was. And mm-hmm. from the second story balcony, it looked amazing. <laughs> it, looked like the best, it looked like the best day for everybody. And there was so much joy and happiness. But on the ground, it was very tense. And it's also very difficult as a friend to know what to say to your friends who maybe like were couples yeah. matching and got to couples match in the same place, but it wasn't the place that they wanted. Or mm-hmm. um, your friends who came out and supported, but were for some reason or other not matching themselves. And mm. there's just so much in that day that honestly, it's seared into my memory and for, for very good and very, uh, very struggle, struggle some reasons for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was a crazy day. Uh, I, Rebecca, I agree with you. I didn't really like the whole can down thing. And I got to admit that I cheated a little bit. So I actually flipped up my <laughs> envelope up in the sky. And the sun was shining through. So I could see some of it. I couldn't see everything. I was like, oh, my God, I can't see anything. And I remember seeing <laughs> F-O, which is like, and I'm like, there's no word that it would say, like, a cap- that has a capital F and an O. So it's got to be Foster's. In my head, I'm like, it's got to be Foster's. <laughs> oh man, it was like crazy. So somehow I convinced myself that seeing FO on the side, the corner of the you know the letter that was in the envelope through the sunlight, I was like, okay, I think I got to first case. So you know, my anxiety levels went from 120 to maybe 100, and <laughs> and then it all came rushing down. You know, I had my hugs in. I, I saw my you know my friends that match and all that stuff. And then 15 minutes later, I was like texting our realtors, hey, can you put in the offer mm-hmm. for the house we said we like? Oh, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was just a roller coaster of like, you know, uh, emotions. Yeah, uh, so, we, we texted yeah. our realtor and then I texted my advisor because I wanted him to know that I was like committing to his lab. I was staying in his lab for <laughs> yeah. the next couple of years. Right. He could plan on having me as a student. So those were the two people who yeah. got text messages right away. It yeah. feels like your life is no longer on pause, right? And things are finally can finally start and uh, start. Um, so I, right now we can, you know, gonna go into residency. We can talk a little bit about, you know, our relationship, what our relationship looks like now in Radon. And Rebecca, you also do have a kid, um, but we can maybe go up more about that in like another episode or something someday. But uh, just relationship what it looked like in intern year and then what it looks like now. Um, 
So I would say for us in radiation, things are much more stable. So, you know, doing a traditional <laughs> year or even a medicine year um, and then going to radiation, which is entirely outpatient based. Um, it's much more, I would say, you know, of course, there are some days, you know, where we have long hours or rotations where we have long hours, um, but it's still much more predictable. Um, you know, I'm married to someone who did a surgery intern year, which was challenging. Um, very, very long hours, um, you know, all sorts of night float weekends constantly. Um, so that was, that was extremely challenging. I would say it's, you know, obviously it's more challenging for him. Um, and because of, you know, how we did our match, he actually commute, he has to commute, um, about an hour or so, or he did when we were living in Philadelphia, an hour to his hospital. So, um, it was very challenging, a very challenging time. And then, you know, mm -hmm. in IR, it goes, you do a surgery intern year, and then you do three years of diagnostic radiology. Um, and that was pretty good, uh, cause it's, <laughs> it's similar in the sense to, to radiation. Actually, I would say it's actually, uh, better in some ways because it's shift work. So, you know, you, like us, sometimes we do, we get caught with, um, patient issues or urgent issues, or, you know, we have to do contours in the hospital because they're a pain in the butt to do at home. Um, and diagnostic radiology, at least, you know, from what I experienced with Will is that you're, you really are, you know, you're within a half hour window, you know, where you sign out a study to, to someone. Um, so that was wonderful. Um, and now we're in interventional radiology years, the last two of a fellowship. So it's back to basically surgery type of hours. Um, right. so and I would say that, you know, again, we'll talk about my baby another time, but um, I would say, you know, the biggest challenge now is, um, you know, for us and our family is, you know, both of us have very inflexible schedules and his less so than mine and his is much less predictable than mine. So right. just getting home um you know he gets up at 4 30 if we're lucky if he gets home at seven um, right. and then you know he has to stay in the hospital some days so um it's 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 difficult um i'm not gonna lie rebecca how often would you would you say during intern year um as you both did intern at the same time um were there long stretches of time where you felt like you never either never saw him or never spent any quality time with him? Oh, definitely. Um, and I would say that was most, mostly when he was on nights. Um, when you're on nights, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just extremely disruptive. Um, you're on a totally right. different schedule. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he had to do quite a bit of, of nights. So there were definitely stretches of time where I felt like we didn't, see each other um very much at all we we always mm -hmm. try to see each other even for a short period of time if we can do anything right. 
once per day, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. So yeah, it's really mm-hmm. quality time. Uh, there were, there were definitely stretches where it was mostly quality time was giving each other a hug right. and a kiss for 30 seconds. So. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, unlike uh, medical school where things were like, you know, spontaneously, you guys were like in the same room, you guys were in the same building, right? Did you feel like you, ha- you guys have to like schedule your quality times, you know, make sure that you maximize and, uh, you know, how, how you spend your time? Yeah, I would say um, you have to make, you know, in, in residency, intern year, you have to make much more an, an effort to schedule quality time. Um, Mm-hmm. because it's very easy you know it's very tiring it's a tiring time um so it's very easy to just fall asleep early um and not do much of anything over the weekend <laughs> so it definitely takes some conscious effort um to mm-hmm. schedule something to try and do something nice together um and, and that takes um some planning. So we are not very spontaneous people, I would say. So um, for us, I think it works better to plan something in advance. Sometimes, you know, we're looking at our mm-hmm. schedule for the month um, and figure out mm-hmm. um, when, you know, that's what we do now, you know, in two weekends on Sunday, we can, you know, do, <laughs> do mm-hmm. things. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely a conscious effort to plan and schedule time to do things um, is very important for us. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Allison? Um, I think my memories of intern year are a little bit clouded by the fact that COVID happened while you were intern, while you were an intern, and that just incredibly superseded anything that came before. So as Rebecca said, yeah. about like night shifts and uh, you know, pass, like, like ships passing in the night. It's like, oh yeah, that did happen. But primarily, what <laughs> happened was March 2020 happened, and I was home for I think about six months working from home, um, not going into the lab. And you were in an intern internal medicine and specifically ICU. Uh, in mm-hmm. at when that happened, so that was so challenging, just because it went from, you know, Hilario is, I think I had a sense Hilario's treating patients, Hilario's dealing with really stressful cases, and you know, medicine is really complicated, especially where you were for intern med- internal medicine in the winter with such a uh, high risk and high need patient population that you really cared about. Um, it went from that to the entire world of medicine doesn't know what's going on, uh, can't is, is is struggling to get by day to day because they just have like they have all these tools and they don't know which tools to use in this situation. And so you know you would come home and take your scrubs off at the door and change and put the scrubs <laughs> in the in the you know washing machine right away. That's such a unique experience because, like, before that, it didn't really matter. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll get together with some of your internal medicine colleagues, and it's, like, just a time in all of your lives that is such a, it's such a crystal clear and also crazy situation that you all went through together. 
um, compared to when you then started at Fox Chase a couple months later, and it was, you know, <laughs> it was a completely yeah. different world, a completely different situation. You were happy that you had to wear scrubs because that meant you didn't have to dress, you know, <laughs> you didn't have to dress in, you know, flaps and a button down, which would have been expected of you. That was like wh where your mind was at that time. It was just a totally. It was very exciting, the actually. The, sm the small <laughs> wins, right? Yeah. yeah, the small wins, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was just really exciting to finally get to a place where you were treating the patients that you wanted to be treating and um, doing the work that you wanted to be doing. That I think was just a very much a needed lift of our spirits because it had been so long of just just doing things that you had to do versus things that you wanted to do. Um, I think mm -hmm. in, a, in a regular, in a non-medicine job, doing things you have to do means, you know, ordering inventory and going to meetings, not caring for patients that you need to show up for and like be, <laughs> a, be a real doctor, but it's also challenging because it's not fulfilling you in the same way that your final destination is going to fulfill you. It's a very different experience. Um, yeah. 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 I think during COVID time, I mean, there are a lot of times where you, you because you do, you know, very basic science, right? Like yeah. you talk about how, like, you know, you guys are probably the backbone of like a lot of what we do in medicine in terms of the medications and drugs and all that kind of development. And I always be like, you know, like roll my eyes or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then when it got to the, <laughs> When it got to the COVID period, when actually we were running by, we were going back and saying, hey, you guys in basic science, what do you have? What do What can you do uh, to help us figure out what we're dealing with? And, you know, it, it turns out that, you know, you guys have been working on artists. And right? and, yeah. And, uh, and, oh, Ali, and, your, you your lab was working on that? So I am a an, I am in an RNA biology biochemistry lab, and oh, it, while okay. we don't we have never worked on specifically anything that translational in terms of like treating patients, um, a lot of the stuff that went into making the vaccine is very related to what I do day to day. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was. I had a lot to offer Hilario at that time. <laughs> right. And so, like, yeah. And so, like, she talks about it. And I was like, okay, well, this is very relevant to me now. It's, yeah. it's not back when I was like, yeah, but I know. It's like, you're, doing like some, you're, like, working on some protein that has some weird name. And, like, I've never seen that. You know? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, and, and it just all, like, it was a good time. And probably a humbling time for you know uh, uh, doctors as well, and and for me personally, you know, I just like oh yeah, you know this this is very relevant. But I guess like in terms of our relationship, um, part of it was that we we also got to spend a little bit more time during during the pandemic time. It, it was stressful, but like in the times that we weren't we weren't uh, we weren't uh, uh, you know working, you know we were both at home. You know there wasn't a lot of like other social of commitments or like other commitments from people you know in the area so we were kind of forced to be more you know like have intimate time together i feel like so uh, that i you know that was refreshing just coming back home 
you're taking over the scraps and like just being able to like you know you know chill and like you know uh, uh relax with you um but uh on the other hand like radunk wasn't you know as intense as when COVID happened but you know with radunk sometimes because i was in the very beginning i was like eager to know everything i was I bring, sometimes would bring work home with me right mm, and sometimes. try to bring, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes bring work home with me and 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 then that was kind of like a different way that we had to readjust and yeah. At least for me to know when when to stop and then when to to kind of redirect my attention towards our relationship in, in yeah. some ways, right? Yeah. yeah, it's definitely like a continuous learning process for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully he's learned something. <laughs> yes. yeah. Definitely, I, I am. I am. There's that struggle of work and trying to make time for the people that we love so um yeah uh rebecca since will has now been in interventional radiology like back to kind of a more rigorous schedule um have what have you been doing to um you know make sure that you're able to kind of spend time with him um and make sure that your relationship is still where you want it to be um, well, that, that is an, an everyday, every hour working process, Anish. Um, okay. because tell me more, <laughs> I would just say it's very, very hard. And again, you know, I know we're not going to talk about having uh, children, but it gets so much harder after you have a child. So, you know, part of what I personally struggle with, um, is, you know, intern year, for example, we didn't have any kids. Um, so even though he was on a very rigorous schedule, no matter what, if we have a Saturday, Sunday open, it's a clear, it's a date night, you know, we're going to do something, you know, whether, whatever it may be. Um, now, you know, we have, um, a baby. So, um, what, what we struggle with is that because you know we work all week um and there are sad days where he doesn't get home in time to see her before bedtime so he's gone days without seeing her um which is very it's it's it is emotionally draining when that happens um Mm -hmm. and so when you get to the weekend and there's a day where you could potentially spend quality time together um, you feel very guilty because, mm. um, you know, you, mm-hmm. you should be spending that time with a child that you haven't been seeing all week. <laughs> yeah. So that is something that I think, you know, is going to be a continuous struggle as um, he finishes his <laughs> residency. Um, I do think that, you know, again, we are we will be sacrificing a lot of alone time or date nights specifically um, in the relatively short term. Um, But, you know, to do family events or, you know, go out with our kid, um, as, as I was telling you guys, we did today. Um, So I think, I think that that part is very challenging once you have once Mm -hmm. children. Um, Will was really lucky that, uh, his partner has a in a residency with a better schedule. I mean, if, if you did surgery, you know, I, I don't know what was going to happen. <laughs> no, we wouldn't have children. Not just for you, for me. 
<laughs> Maybe that's true. Tell, this is why yeah, Mario, he's lucky all the time. Does he tell you this, Allie, that I tell him how lucky he is all the time? Um, he does. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it is very nice. Um, and, you know, once you have kids to have someone with a little bit more of a flexible schedule or <laughs> there's hope that you could get a job or um, something of the sort that that allows for a more flexible schedule, which medicine does not allow. Uh, and I, I also think too, is that, you know, when your partner is also patient facing all day long, you probably spend, I know that my experience with Hilario, especially this year, because this is the research year. So he's not seeing patients every day, his empathy, his capacity for emotional like engagement has really increased at home because he doesn't have to spend it <laughs> at work. Well, it's just, you know, everybody has, everybody has a certain amount of, you know, caring for people that they can do in a certain day. And when you're in a career that requires you to do that for people, whether that's teaching or that's medicine or some other very, you know, um, caring career you just have you have so much less in the tank when you're at the end of the day than somebody like me where I you know I can go a full day without talking to anyone because that's the nature of lab work sometimes I don't have to I don't have to care the way that you guys do so I can imagine being in a partnership with somebody who is also in such a caring position at the end of the day two very close to empty like tanks a lot of the time Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 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 Definitely. That's, that's definitely true. Saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think just to kind of final question for you both, what would be your advice for someone who's considering getting a medical student or resident, um, or someone who already is a medical student resident who's in a relationship? Um, what would you say to them on kind of how to navigate it? Um, I mean, I would say the key always is communication. So um, it's so basic, it's so simple, but um, you know, the people that I saw really struggle through relationships in medical school and even in residency um, uh, really lacked, I would say, effective communication. Um, so that would be my my take home advice. Um, you better. There's really no excuse, you know. Uh, there we have cell phones uh, now, so uh, you know, communicating about where you are, what you're doing, and what your plans are on the day to day. Again, short term, long term it can all be done. So, yeah. Yeah. Simple, but not easy. Right. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would second that for sure. And I would also say coming from the non-medical perspective, it's, it's two things. One is being independent um, just because a relationship with somebody in the medical field requires you to have your own life. You can't sit around just waiting for them to come home, especially if, you know, being, I feel very fortunate that Hilario's hours are predictable, but if there was somebody 
I was with somebody who had a surgery hours and would potentially be available at 5.30 and potentially at 8. <laughs> you wouldn't know until you're in the moment. You know, you can't, you can't just sit around for three hours waiting for them. You kind of have to have that ability to, like, have your own life um, so that you have something to offer when they get home. Like, I didn't <laughs> just sit here for three hours. And then also, like, letting the idea of the, you know, 50-50 in a relationship go. Because there are times it's never going to be each person giving 50% to the relationship. There are seasons where it's 40, 60, there are seasons where it's 10, 90. And that's as long as as the average is close to 50, 50 over a long period of time, you know, you're in a healthy place, but it's never, it's never a good idea to expect that, especially when, especially in medical school and early residency, when you can't be, you can't predict how next month is going to go or two months from now because you're going to be in a different rotation. You're going to be treating different patients and stuff. So just having that flexibility is important. Awesome. Wise words from wise ladies. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Anish, uh, you, so you're the single one in, in amongst us here. Uh, is there anything that you were looking for in a prospective <laughs> partner or like anybody that you would like to date? Yeah, I think it was touched on honestly by um, both Rebecca and Allie. I think um, having a partner who is understanding of um, my work in terms of the schedule um, sometimes um, you know, I can't predict days or sometimes I have to prep for things for the week on the weekend, whether it's char prepping or making food. Um, you know, I think I, I live alone. So, you know, all the chores myself and I think that, you know, does take time just, um, out of my day. And I think also what Ali said, um, that sometimes, you know, your patient, your patients require your empathy and your attention, and you just kind of want to come back home and unwind a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit, you know, alone for a little bit of time. Um, I think it just requires to be, I just think I just want to be with someone who is understanding of that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. All right, guys. So this has been a very wonderful conversation. Uh, I've learned stuff about my marriage that, you know, maybe I forgot or maybe I did not even know. <laughs> uh, I, I learned a lot about, you know, Rebecca and, and William's relationship, but in general, what it, what it means to be dating someone uh, and getting married to someone in medicine, right? Being a doctor and also if you're not a doctor. So um, th- this has been good. Um, thank you for coming to uh, yeah, Thank you show. both. Hopefully we can be creative and find some other topics that you guys can talk to us about so that we can see you guys again on our podcast um for our audience out there again if you really like these conversations uh you know you can leave comments in our youtube session uh about what you want to hear more about and what what you think we can take our conversations towards and you can subscribe as well and like our videos uh, and i hear that that helps 
helps us uh, get more popular. I, I don't know. But, <laughs> um, but um, anyway, uh, thank you for listening to our podcast and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.